For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. As always, it is great to have you on the program. This episode is brought to you by Baker Mayfield's Throwing Arm. It is also brought to you by Zabo Apparel Company. You need any more Christmas gifts? You need your Cleveland sports gear for the winter? Check them out. You know exactly where to go. S-Z-A-B-O-Apparel.com. Today's episode, Raleigh and I discuss our victory over the Tennessee Titans this past weekend and our upcoming bout with the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Our special guest tonight is actually Raleigh's uncle, who is an orthopedic surgeon and has been team doctor for a bunch of teams in both college and professional sports. We asked him to dumb down, if you will, sports injuries, specifically the ones on the Browns right now, and just sports injuries in pro sports in general. It's really interesting to be able to hear from a former team doctor how they work with players and coaches in the media. We really enjoyed it. We think you will too. Let's go. I screwed up the record button this time, so I just hit record, and we're going. Damn you. So before we get into it, let's make sure we're on the same page. It is December, and we are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Correct. And hang on, I got my calculator on my phone here. Even if we lose, knocking on wood very hard, every game for the rest of the year, we still finish not 500, not below 500, but above with a winning record. Is that correct? That's also correct. And not only are we not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, but we actually have a strong chance of making the playoffs like we're supposed to, correct? Also correct. Uh, is this, wait, are we really nine and three? Is this a real po- Are we like actually on a podcast talking about a nine and three Browns team right now? Can we go back to the same week last season and listen to that episode after we're done here? I don't know what to do. You know what? Let's get into this podcast, Kevin. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. The one oh, when the Cleveland yeah. Browns have nine wins and three losses. We're back. You got Kevin, you got Raleigh and we're in a big mood to pod right now. I, you know what? I'm almost getting, I don't want to say it because this song outstanding that I always play for our victory episodes is one of my favorite songs, but I mean, I'm kind of getting sick of it. We hear it so much. Yeah. At this point though, we got to keep rolling with it. So Kate asked me to shave. I said, it's no shave November uh, because of men's thing. Cancer prostate. prostate Yeah. Okay. Big fan of No Shave November, mostly for my laziness. But now we got ourselves a playoff beard. So this bad boy is not being touched until until the dust is settled. Can you, I mean, 
it's just hard to find words right now. Can you believe in the year of our Lord 2020? Of course, you know, no, I can't look. This is absolutely just perfect textbook Browns. The first worldwide pandemic since 19, early 1900s is the first the year. Spanish we, flu. Yeah, the first year that we get back to the playoffs. I mean, we, we should have, we knew this was coming. The first year that we should should be back in the playoffs yes but i will never underestimate shit that totally hit the fan but feels like we're in the driver's seat no 100 i'm with you on that because we've seen this script written well really just once but actually a thousand times which is brown's past failures in general but we're not talking about that anymore uh you're either in or you're out right now we are full steam ahead there's no more debate no more bullshit this team is legit and we were down still several players uh let's jump right into it game ball game ball goes to baker right hundred percent. But I, I mean, few, I have a few small, I have a few mini game balls, like carnival, like prize game balls that I also want to give out to. Yeah. And I uh, will, let's so Baker through over 300 pass yards through four touchdowns in the first half. That is a franchise record. It was a statement win. They were up 38 to seven at half in Tennessee. Now, before everybody says, yeah, but they barely squeaked by. Well, guess what? They took their pedal off the gas. If they needed to keep going, they could have. But we they can't forget the who they are. They took their foot off the gas pedals, what he meant, everyone. Sorry, continue. You know, whatever I said. But here's the thing. It's my mom's fault, and it's her fault alone. Every time she texts me, like, something congratulatory before a game is over, I'm not kidding. She's, like, six for six on shit hitting the fan. And that's exactly what happened. She said at halftime, Oh my gosh, I know I'm not supposed to text you, but this is too great. And I was like, uh, no, okay. That's exactly what you're not supposed to text. I know. <laughs> and I, I don't know about you. Well, I'm, I'm sure for, for 99.999%, all real Browns fans were, were experiencing the same thing. At halftime, everyone was texting, relax. This is no time to get excited yet or, or super pumped yet. Even going into the fourth, and then of course, just the way that we've been beaten down so many times prior to this team. So, you know, before a couple years ago, there's no way that we, that we don't lose that game after, even if we're up that big at halftime. Um, I'm like I said earlier, I'm just speechless. I mean, Baker with that half, think about all the, and I, I, I truly believe when these guys, just cause of how, you know, much they're bought into Stefanski and there's how together they are as a team that they really don't care a whole lot about the outside noise and the media and the Stephen A. Smith. We'll get to Stephen A. Smith and uh, his show in a minute here. I got a few things to say on that. But Baker knew people were writing a lot of shit, talking a lot of shit about him the last few, well, all season. A lot of people would look at Carson Wentz and how he's buckled under whatever he's going through. A lot of people would see all that pressure and all that noise and bullshit and just collapse. A lot of people would, but instead this dude feeds off that stuff. Like that was some Oklahoma in your face, not grabbing Baker swag out there on Sunday. That was so fun to watch. And like every asshole in the media, his biggest haters and his biggest fans too, the one thing they were all said on Monday, Sunday night, whenever after the game was that if that Baker comes to play, that's a Super Bowl Baker right there. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, Mr. Mayfield. Um, not that he ever left. No. But it's you can tell this team is starting to gel. And I don't know if it was before 
the Titans game or after the Titans game, he said something along the lines of, yeah, I feel like we haven't really played the ball that we have the potential to do so yet. He said they haven't played their best game yet. Yeah, he said they haven't played their best game yet. He said that that the first half, Stefanski said it was probably the most complete half they've played all year, but they still want to achieve so much more. Um, And it's just so much. Okay, so we talked about smaller game. I don't want to say smaller game ball because that's one person I just want to shout out. Um, and let's let's talk about this real quick. Kareem Hunt on that muffed ball at the other end when they picked it up and ran down, what, 95 yards or whatever. It's almost scored a touchdown. <laughs> Kareem ran maybe, let's just say, as fast as he's ever ran before in his entire life. No other Browns team since we've been alive would have ever cared enough to run that fast and go tackle that guy. Except Joe yeah. Thomas. Except Joe Thomas, for sure. And maybe a couple others. But, I mean, right? No other Phil Browns Dawson team. Phil Dawson would have done it. Phil Dawson would have done it. Well, yeah. Like I said, a handful. Like Tim Collins, once I've been on the podcast, for sure. Uh, but come on. No Browns team. I mean, you know, my uncle said it perfectly. My dad reminded me of this over the weekend. My uncle used to have or his biggest gripe with the shittiest teams we've had in Cleveland throughout forever is – he always says, there's a big problem when I am more upset after a loss than the players on the team. And think about it. It's true. You know, we haven't had teams. We've never had a team this close that is this gelled, that love playing for each other this much. And it's, it's finally obvious. Like I've said this before many times in this podcast. It's so refreshing. It's so nice to finally have that. Yeah. And all credit to, if you had to give a MVP, to like a person in the organization, you got to go Stefanski, right? 100%. Oh, here's a question. Here's a hypothetical. You give it to Stefanski or you give it to the guy that picks Stefanski? So I thought you were going to go there actually because you got to kind of, man. Do I want, I, no, we can't, no, we're not giving credit, credit to Haslam or Jimmy. Um, we are going to give credit to, so I was going to say normally you go to the top, but we can't go to the top in this case. Um, Hey, well, deep Podesta. But, hey, Depot. Uh, remember, we all thought, "Oh, look at this baseball asshole coming in, not knowing about football." Why did he pick Carson Wentz? Uh, yeah, that worked out clearly. Wait, what, what's the logic there? Carson Wentz sucks now. Correct, and people hated Haslam and Deep Podesta, all them for not drafting him. They said, "You guys are idiots." Oh, yeah. And then he went, I see what you're saying. And then he went and had a damn near MVP season. You know, took his team to the Super Bowl, even though he didn't play, I mean, not the Super Bowl, the playoffs, so that didn't play get hurt. But someone saw something and look at him now. So Stefanski is a short answer to that question. Yeah, let's just say Stefanski. Done. We'll uh, hash out the details later. So about the Stephen A. Smith, I, I don't I don't even read what the assholes say anymore. What yeah, we'll, keep it, say? we'll keep it short and sweet. I just, it's just case in point again, because we were on the nobody's podcast that's annie wilkinson and bryce's podcast a few weeks back we were talking about how baker and emily could tweet like a smiley face or a picture of a puppy and someone will find something stupid or negative to twist it into never fails and so monday first take on espn Stephen a smith max kellerman molly i i do like the show i do like them we can talk about that a whole other time but another case in point these people get paid a lot of money to come in with these hot takes that's what they're supposed to do but the fact that Baker just played the best game of his professional life and the first topic 
on ESPN the morning after, it just says Baker's wife. And they go in <laughs> and they go in and ask, they're like, Stephen, you know, Stephen A. Smith, because for those of you who don't know, and I'm going to make this, we're going to keep this short and sweet. Uh, last week on Thursday or Friday, Stephen A. came out and said, I believe in the Browns. I don't believe in Baker. And then on so that was the video went viral. It's Stephen A. Smith's ESPN. On Sunday after the game, Emily retweeted that, Emily Mayfield, with this didn't age well or something. And it was just like, it was a perfect tweet. Like, what else? Do, like, she, there's nothing malicious, nothing negative, nothing crazy. She didn't say F you or anything. Just made a great point. It's best game of his career. If you dish it, you got to be able deserve, to take it. She, she did not deserve the criticism. It's like, yeah. She sends her. Well, that's they my say point. their thing. She says, "Yeah." That, that that's what, the, the next day, ESPN. It's the topic is Baker's wife. First of all, it's Mrs. Mayfield to y'all. Uh, second of all, just again, case in point, no one gets gets ridiculed or dissected over their tweets in the league more than those two. It just it's just incredible. That's why I was howling, laughing in my living room by myself yesterday watching this because it just it never fails. Well, Kevin, we just got to do our part, get this podcast as large as humanly possible, keep converting people into Brown's fanhood, and we'll cyberbully them all to hell. Fair enough. Uh, should we get into the interview? Yes. Why don't you well, – we've got to tee it up first. got to explain it to us. So for the first time ever, we are introducing you all to the Dogs of War medical doctor, the, the medical consultant. Medical dog, sir. Like medical dog. We'll, we'll we'll medically consult him on what his title should be. I'm really excited for this interview because I have some questions that will probably make him rethink his decision to be a doctor because of how dumb these questions are going to be. But take us away to this week's interview. Let's get over to Dr. T. We now would like to welcome on the Dogs of War podcast for our first ever medical consultant, Dr. Ray Tesner. In his younger days, Dr. T was an all-Ohio linebacker at Warren G. Harding. He continued his football career at Penn State, effectively dividing his future children from his future nieces and nephews, the latter of which are all Ohio State fans. At Penn State, Dr. T was a three-year letter winner at linebacker. He was on the 1974 team that won the Orange Bowl against LSU. He was on one of Joe Paterno's three teams to go undefeated and not get into the national championship. After college, he went to some medical school. I don't know where he went to medical school. Became a leg doctor, more specifically an orthopedic surgeon. The founder of Sports Medicine Grant in Columbus, Ohio, was a team doctor for the 1992 Winter Olympics team. He was the team doctor for 30 years for the OU Bobcats, the team doctor for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's also the doctor of various other high schools, semi-professional teams, the list goes on and on. But most importantly, he is my mom's brother and a Browns fan. And most, most importantly, he is our guest on the Dogs for podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Raymond Tesner, also known as Uncle Buddy. Uncle Buddy, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Raleigh and Kevin. Uh, I've been hearing about this podcast. Uh, I don't really know what podcasts are. But, uh, <laughs> here I am. Before I ever listened to one, I'm, uh, I'm on it. Up until like 2017, you had a flip phone. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I did. First, uh, first uh, iPhone uh, 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 in 2019, so I've had it for a year. So I'm 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 fully vested in technology now. Uh, so you, <laughs> I can speak the lingo. So you were the last. You were literally the last one. Hi, Doctor T. Thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. So you were the last one in the world to have a flip phone. It has to be 2019. 
No? Uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, I don't exactly take credit for that uh, position, but uh, I was forced uh, to make the move. So, but I got to say, now that I've made it, uh, like the rest of you, I'm hooked. So I, my question after that long resume that was just read of all those accomplishments and all, you know, team doctors and, and founder and everything else, like, do you acknowledge Raleigh as being your nephew or no? Well, uh, yes, I have to say that uh, lately the new Raleigh has, uh, has uh, been able to uh, enable me to uh, claim him as uh, blood. The new the Raleigh. New Raleigh. What did yeah, I do different? Wife, really, the new wife escalated his, his uh, status uh, significantly. <laughs> and, uh, uh, shout out, Kate. Where'd you guys meet? Um, yeah, basically, we, um, we're obviously regular, out-of-shape guys who have no idea what it's like to play in the NFL. Or I am certain you will think or will say are the dumbest questions you've ever been asked in your career, but... I think 99.9999% of people listening have the same exact questions. One of the things Kevin and I, Kevin and I were talking about, uh, there's obviously a ton of injuries that anybody can obtain. Some of the more common ones you hear about, the ACL injuries, the MCL injuries, the sprained Achilles. We have no idea what a uh, calf strain is that Denzel Ward's going through, so we're going to get into that. Yep. But there's different degrees of them. How do doctors and teams and players decide how long they should be out or like what to tell the media, what to tell the coaches? Like, Are there any conflicts of interest between coaches, players, staff? Obviously, we've all seen Varsity Blues um, with – they tried to get – what was the one – Billy Bob, they were trying to inject his leg so that they could play in the state game, whatever. We have no idea where to start, and we're clearly not medical professionals. We're podcast guys. Well, it does vary, you know, when you go from high school to college to professional. Uh, you know, when you get to professional rank and there's money involved, you know, now when you're in college, uh, there could be money involved if a guy thinks he has the potential to play in the pros and you have to take that into consideration. But, you know, when you're a high school kid, uh, you know, they want to kind of play at all costs. Uh, and, a, and a professional on the other end of the spectrum has got to take into, into account, uh, you know, his, uh, his longevity and, uh, uh, and, uh, and protecting his asset, which is his body, you know, and, and, uh, so it gets a lot more complicated the higher up you go. You got a lot more people involved. You got agents. You got money. You know, and so and you got a higher higher uh, um, visibility. You know, with the public and so forth. So it's not as much fun being a team doctor at the higher level as it is at the lower level. But it's still that, basic. Well, it's still basically the same. I mean, a sports medicine doctor takes into account uh, the the difference from being just a regular doctor. You have to take into account primarily, obviously, the player and what the right thing to do, but also take into account the team needs uh, and communicating with the coach. And uh, that involves the time of the year. In other words, uh, uh, if you get an injury uh, in the first part of the year and, uh, and you know you got a good team and, and you don't really need them to the last part of the year, you got more t time to rest. If it's the last game of the season and you're in the state championship, you know, and him being effective, is uh, not one and the same. So you could attempt to play, but if you're if you're 80% of how 
how good you normally are, maybe that 80% is not as good as your backup. How important, I mean, I would imagine it's important, but is another responsibility of a team doctor, is it protecting them from themselves because they want to get back out there so bad? Yes. Yes. Sometimes you got to do that. Absolutely. No, this is bad. You can't play on it. But I want to go in, but I want to go, no, you can't play on it. Now, normally when it's that bad, they know and they're not fighting you. But, you know, is this significant or not significant? Uh, for example, I mean, uh, I had a high school kid. We were in the playoffs the other day, and I was just talking to his head coach, and he was our star running back, and it's in the semifinals of the state. And in the first uh, the first uh, quarter, he tweaks his ankle. And I examine the ankle, and I look at it. And, you know, you could tweak your ankle. It could be broken. If your ankle's broken, end of story, goodbye, put you in a cast. Well, it's not broken. It's not terribly swollen. He's got a sprain. Uh, it, it didn't look terribly bad. I said, listen, it's a, it's a sprain. I'll allow you to play on it if you want. Let's see how it goes. It doesn't look that bad. And so we, we taped it up, put the shoe on him, trainer. He ran around a little bit. He said, ah, oh, it hurts, ah, oh, it hurts. And, you know, I can't play on it. And then, you know, I said, we'll run a little bit. We'll cut a little bit. And he, he wasn't able to go back into the game. We allowed him to go back in, but he didn't feel comfortable going back in. And, you know, it was a big game. And it was a championship game. We ended up losing the game. And, uh, you know, would he have been valuable to participate in that game? He'd been very valuable to participate in that game. We may have won if we had him, but he wasn't able to perform on it. We said, listen, we allow you to perform. Go ahead and try. You want to try? He said, I can't go. I can't go. And that's end of story. And then even if they can go sometimes, okay, I want to go. You put him in, and you can tell by looking at him, he's half of his normal self, and he's no value to you. So you take him out in that in that situation. So the doctor is in 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 most situations say, listen, it's a it's a mild sprain, doesn't look that bad. Do you want to try to play on? It? And some kids say, I don't know, I don't you know, I don't I don't you know, I'm you know, okay. Another kid say, yeah, I want to go back. I want to go back. And if I think it's okay and it's nothing broken and I don't see any great instability, now you don't get it. You don't have an, you don't MRI everybody on that field. You know, you can't take them in and get an MRI. Now, in some places, in the Blue Jackets and in most colleges, now you got an X-ray. You can take them in and get an X-ray if you think it's necessary. Okay, it's not broken. Okay, it's nothing terrible. We know that. <laughs> I mean, many times for the Blue Jackets, we, you had a, we had an X-ray right in there. You take them in and get an X-ray. If they got hit by a puck on the hand or the foot, you didn't know if it was broken or not. Go in and could, uh, get a quick X-ray. Okay, it's not broken. Put me back in. Oh, they're, uh, they're Canadians. They're a different breed. Hockey's well, a different breed, yeah. Canadians are different than the Russians, which are different than the Poles, which are different than the Americans. <laughs> you can't Shut say out. that in 2020. You can't say that. <laughs> well, Shut, out you, the polls. Shut out the polls. Yeah, the uh, the Canadians are tough, no doubt about it. Yeah, the uh, the Canadians are tough, no doubt about it. Um, did you ever find yourself, and we'll get into the more Brown-specific questions, but – what you just described, there's essentially three different entities, the doctor, the player, the organization. Did you ever find yourself in the middle of that where, like, do teams ever pressure the doctors to make the wink, wink, right decision, or do they play ball for the most part, or does it depend on the organization? I've ne I've ne I, I would imagine it depends on the organization, but I've never had an organization or a coach that would ever put the players, uh, the team ahead of the player's safety. Never. Good. Never. Good. Just wanted to make sure because no, that would have been that would have been a crazy awesome story. Never. But never. I'm glad. Uh Kevin, what you got? Uh you you know, 
you talked about this a little bit uh, a few minutes ago. My first question is, like you just said there, in high school, you're told to suck it up and get back out there. Is it obviously a huge different difference between pro sports and high school? Is it that these injuries in the pros are so much worse being that if obviously you're getting tackled by 300 pound, you know, some of the best athletes on the planet? Or is it when you get to pros that players are now seen as investments? So even minor injuries are a big, big deal. It's definitely the investment side of it is definitely taken into consideration. You're talking about, you know, in the pros, millions of dollars and uh, their, and their livelihood. Uh, so that's definitely a factor that's not uh, present at the lower levels. Um, so when you someone when you treat someone like Denzel his sprained cap I don't know how bad it was I mean it was interesting because at the end of that game he was out there celebrating with teammates and high-fiving guys so the next day when that came out it was like that's this is bizarre when did it happen are is it common to even like say this back and forth with the person you're treating in the pros like this injury I would have played right through it in college or high school like this is only like I wouldn't be sitting out if it weren't for being in the pros uh that could be the case, without a doubt. Now, uh, I'm with you in regards to what I've seen there. Now, you know, I just saw what you saw, and I, I didn't think it was that bad of an injury, and I thought he'd be playing. And then when he didn't play the first uh, week, I thought he'd definitely be back the next week. And when he missed the next one, I was a little surprised based on what I saw and what you saw. However, sometimes you, that next morning, even though you don't think it's that bad that night, that next morning, it's or later that evening, it's a different animal. So. True. That's, that's one factor. And then I'm sure in his particular case, they got an MRI. And that gives you a little bit of quantification of the damage. And then without a doubt, in an injury like that, uh, you know, the longer is better. How long is long enough to take off on something like that? Well, I don't know. But longer is always better. You know, if you is two weeks enough? Well, is three weeks better? Yeah. Is four weeks better? Is he going to be further along in four weeks than he is at two weeks? Yes. So longer is always better. And in a calf strain or a hamstring strain, the one thing about it is if you don't give it enough time and it becomes, it can become chronic. Guys got chronic hamstring strains, chronic calf strains. And the quicker you rush them back, the more you run the risk of that becoming a chronic problem. The longer you give it, the safer you are. So, 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 that, so that's almost another, uh, another category of injury. There was permanent damage but then there's the chronic injury of bringing it back more often yes and that's a, you know even a chronic a chronic calf strain let's say that's not something that's you know going to change your life the rest of your life that's just a nagging chronic frustrating thing that can bug you for the rest of your career how do you run the risk of that by rushing back too quick and when you're in a situation where you have the time kind of now this is not exact now you know, if your team is 0-10, I mean, that's easy, right? You're sitting. There's yeah. no game, you know. On the other hand, you know, if you're in a playoff hunt uh, and, and, you know, if it's a Super Bowl situation, let's say, it, it would probably be treated uh, or could be treated in some cases differently because uh, the, 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 the upside uh, outweighs the downside to a certain extent. And if everybody's on board and everybody understands – yeah, we're coming back a little early. You want to try? Yeah, okay. Can you do it? You know. So, but even even if you try, uh, sometimes you can't you can't perform, and then that's 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 the end of it. 
and say, okay, I allow you to go, allow you to go back in, but you go back in and you can't do the job while well, you're coming out, or you get back in and find out that it hurts more than you thought, or you re-aggravate it again, you know, that's your answer. Now let's talk about uh, Chubb's uh, MCL injury. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a miracle. Wait, was that's that a miracle? Right where I wanted to go to. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's you know, that's a ligament, uh, whereas Denzel is a muscle, uh, and uh, that particular ligament uh, uh, is almost never operated on. Uh, that when it's isolated. Now, in in in, in Burrow's case, there's a chance that you know he tore his ACL with his MCL, and you know, but a, an isolated only. MCL injury is generally something that's not surgical. And again, there's degrees of that. Um, and that's generally a four to six week injury. That needs time and rest and rehab, and it'll heal tightly with very minimal long-term consequences. Um, and, you know, coming back to play, and it, again, depends. Sometimes it's just very mild. And, and again, that particular injury of his, I've had severe ones on that in high school in the and, uh, you know, a, a week or two after uh, after the injury, the state's uh, playoff game, and, you know, you can try to play him through it. Uh, uh, it takes some chances, and uh, but, but if everybody's on board, you know, you can push those things if the situation warrants. But in general, as you saw in, in, uh, with Chubb, a, a relatively mild, not a severe, severe MCL injury is a, you know, two to six week injury. And they should come back at full go. Now, interesting for him, I don't. When I'm watching him, I don't see that he has a knee brace on there. I mean, typically, if you're bringing them back after that, uh, they'd have a knee brace at least for the first uh, two to three weeks. So that tells me that his injury was relatively mild, uh, and uh, it doesn't appear that he has a brace on there. Uh, so or maybe that, he really was made in a lab. <laughs> maybe he really is not a human. I'm serious. He he said he was ready to go after two weeks and something I read. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and the yeah, and again you got uh, again the timing in the middle of the season. You know they needed. You know of course the Browns were not in a situation where they could cruise, uh, but sometimes you're in a situation where you could cruise, like uh, you know like in high school for example. Uh, you're already eight zero. You know you're in the playoffs. There's two weeks to go. Uh, the two teams you're playing are cake. You know you're going to beat them. Hey, we don't need this guy for these two weeks. We can sit him and get him ready for the playoffs. You know, and the kid agrees, the coach agrees, the parents agree. Now, the one thing about high school, you got parents involved. So Psycho. Not only, not, only, not only the coach and the player, but the parents got to sign up. And they got to be involved in the decision. <laughs> which, which is another factor, you know, but at the pros, you got the player, the coach, and the agent. <laughs> and maybe well, the wife. Can you explain again, like like we're two year olds, these are some, if not the best athletes on the planet. You you've seen it happen in basketball, you've seen it happen in football, where they do all these crazy athletic moves. They lift ten thousand pounds in the weight room, but they pivot wrong or they make the weirdest goofiest step or they get the, something and that ACL is torn. Blows your From, mind. Up. Just, I, I don't like what, what, how does it happen for someone who knows nothing about medicine? You, they show the replay and it's like, wait, I just saw him get decked by a 400 pound by 10, 400 pound lineman. The last play here, he was jogging up to the line and then all of a sudden trip and there goes his ACL. 
Right. I don't like, understand it. Like uh, like Odell. That did not look like a severe yes. injury compared and to. And I was going to say, Odell's a top 15 best athlete on the planet. I think we can all agree with that. Brown's jersey or not. And that's exactly what I was, when I was asking the question, what I was thinking about is he did some kind of weird, like, Mortal Kombat move to try and kick the guy or whatever, I think. But, again, he was just, like, kind of jogging back. And then his right. ACL's gone. Right. Well, when I saw that injury, uh, as opposed to you saw Burroughs. Did you see the replay of Burroughs' injury? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That one you yeah. understand when they say ACL. You're like, right. oh, yeah. yeah you know that's bad. And, and you know, when I, saw, when I saw Odell, I said, I don't think that's a bad injury. I don't think that's bad. I saw it happen. I saw the replay. I saw the way he acted to a certain extent. And uh, I, did, I was shocked when that turned out to be an ACL injury, which uh, I was shocked based on that. But I'm not shocked because I've seen that happen multiple times. I mean, and the thing that gets you is when you see how little it took for that to happen, you say, how yep. the hell doesn't that happen more often? I mean, yeah. why doesn't that happen? He's done that a million times, and maybe it was one degree or one centimeter different or one pound different or whatever. And, and when you see how easy it happens, then you just wonder how that doesn't happen so much more frequently. That's what blows your mind, right? That little 100%. thing yeah, that's happened so quickly and so easily, you say, shit, that should happen uh, uh, almost every play. Uh, so, you know, I, I can't explain that. It's just the wrong angle at the wrong vector with the wrong forces and instantaneously, boom, doesn't take much more than that. When these injuries happen, you'll see Adam Sheffer will tweet out or the team will report that our fear is it's an ACL need an MRI to, to confirm. How easy is it to just tell by what, by the exact? if it's an ACL or MTL, you can look at it and be like, for sure, it's an ACL, we'll get it in the MRI tomorrow. Is that easy for doctors to see right off the bat like that? Most of the time, you know, uh, before the MRI. Most of the time, you know, before. It depends on how how much the patient can relax and you can examine them uh, initially. That varies. Their pain level varies from time to time. But, uh, I mean, it's all over the board. I mean, uh, I remember one time at OU, uh, 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 we, uh, uh, we were playing Ohio state and I was watching the play and, uh, it was at the end of the half and we were playing them tight and, uh, the kid makes a great play in the end zone, uh, to end the half for us to go into halftime. They were trying to drive in. We were on defense. He makes a great play. We stop him. We're only down three points at halftime. He makes this great play. Now the end of the story is we end up losing by 40, but at that point, we were <laughs> He makes a fabulous play. I see the play. I see it happen. I see him jump up. He runs off the field. I, I high five him coming off the field. He almost knocks me down. And uh, and uh, a couple of minutes later, uh, the trainer says, uh, uh, "I need you to look at uh, Larry's uh, uh, knee." He said, uh, "says he heard it on that play." I saw the whole play. I saw him run off. I said, "Well, that's not a bad injury. That can't be bad." I went over and I examined him, and sure as hell, he was loose. And, and it shocked me. He tore his ACL just like that, right in front of my eyes. I saw the whole thing. Never would have expected a serious injury, more obviously. I, I honestly thought you were going to say that he did it on the high five to you. Well, no. <laughs> no. Injuries have always been a crapshoot in the NFL. When you hear that a – this is kind of a macro <laughs> – 
medical analysis when you hear that these guys they can't have their regular training season it gets cut down whatever did you expect injuries to occur throughout this year at this level or what's the thought there medically i never thought about that you know they've uh they they have a they have it down to a science or not a science but they have a formula to a certain extent you know number you know you get in this preseason camp now in the first like in college the first uh 10 days have to be without pads and then uh and then you have to have so many contact days and so forth. You know, when I was playing, we didn't have those rules. And I, I don't know that that's made a big difference. But in your effort, you know, the, the, the more in shape you are, the more conditioned you are, the safer you should be theoretically. But uh, 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 I don't I, – I wouldn't expect a direct correlation necessarily because those guys are working out all year long. And I, I, don't, I don't think that shortening the, the preseason – would make you any more with that kind of shortening would make you any more likely to injury per se. No. Well, that kind of mentality that you just described of your generation, that's what led us to win world war two. There you so, go. I right, thank you. Yeah. Just, I'm just kidding. It's not that old. Mm-hmm. One of the bigger names. Oh, there's a couple, there's a ton of injuries actually that they're going through. Ronnie Harrison uh, is our safety he went down against the Jags. Uh, it was like play one. Based on the descriptions we read on the internet, doesn't need surgery and could return in four to six weeks. When you hear shoulder injury, is that the most vague statement ever, that he doesn't need shoulder surgery? Or what, what are your thoughts there if you hear that? Well, shoulder injury is vague. I mean, the the, the top, you know, you could, uh, you know, just kind of bruise it. Uh you could uh, separated shoulder involves your AC joint. That's not an uncommon uh, injury to have that doesn't need operated on. So you could sprain your AC joint. You could uh, have a partial ligament tear. Now, ligament tear in the shoulder, that's what we call labrum. So when you read about labrum surgery, those are ligament injuries in the shoulder. He could have stretched the labrum. He could have bruised it. He could have separated his shoulder. You know, so that's non-surgical you know, significant injury needs some time, but something that's non-surgical should get better with time. So there are lots of injuries like that. I feel like the high school coach in the playoffs that's trying to protect his career, saying, when can we get Ronnie back? Because we might make the playoffs this year. Uh, Greedy Williams, perpetually hurt. Not really sure what's going on other than that it's nerve damage in his shoulder. Does nerve damage scream something different to you? Because he hasn't been in all year. We haven't heard much about it other than he can't play. Yeah, nerve damage uh, uh, can happen in the shoulder sometimes. It's rare. Uh, There's several nerves in the shoulder that can be affected. uh, And that's something that, you know, it's not generally surgical. It's something that needs time and rest. And hopefully that nerve will recuperate and come back to gain your strength. Uh, so that's uh, a rare kind of an injury, not very common. Uh, when you're talking about nerves in the shoulder, sometimes it's coming from the neck. Uh, there's a, a bunch of nerves that go down the arm that we call the brachial plexus. So sometimes you can have a brachial plexus injury. Sometimes there's a, a nerve to the deltoid muscle we call the axillary nerve that can be involved. So nerve injuries are not common around the shoulder. They're not surgical generally and they take time, and if that nerve doesn't come back the way it, it needs to, sometimes uh, it, it never gets better. So there, that's, uh, that's a little unusual, and uh, uh, 
can be significant in some cases. So we talked about Joe Burrow's injury, which they said ACL, MCL. They said other tendon tears, I believe was it. When you see, hear something like that, what does that kind of injury do to his, I guess, can he be as good as he was before this injury? Like what, what kind of that, that just sounds like so much in a little part of the body, the knee, like what does that do to his future or anyone for that? Yeah, that's a, you know, there's, there's knee injuries and there's knee injuries and there's knee injuries and his, uh, uh, as far as I know, now, just so you know, uh, he was, uh, you know, his dad was a coach at OU while I was down there. So I know the dad and I know the kid. The kid was a patient of mine when he was a high school student. Great kid, great family, great everything. And I talked to the dad uh, when this was going on a little bit and offered my help if they would need anything, which they didn't. They got great doctors down there. But sometimes you need to talk to a friend about it. And uh, uh, I don't know the de- I didn't get the details on uh uh, other than what you just said, ACL, uh, 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 PCL, and MCL. I mean, that's he had a very severe knee injury. That's almost almost a dislocated knee with multiple injuries to that. So coming back after that is going to be a really big challenge. It's a really big injury. It's not your straightforward run of the mill. You know, you hear about ACLs, but you know, there's 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 degrees after that. And the more other things that you have involved, and I don't know how many he has. Uh, but I know it's 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 more than one. So the more that you have, the tougher it is. And they got great doctors down there. They're going to do a great job. And uh, but it's going to be a real big challenge. And that's definitely a, that's a that's a year injury. Now wasn't there a quarterback re- recently that just came back that was out for two years and came back to San Francisco? Alex Smith. Yeah. yeah. So it could be one. It could be one of those. Smith had, I think, 27 surgeries. He had the staph infection, which almost killed him. Yeah. He almost wanted to amputate his leg. I, he shouldn't be alive or walking, nonetheless, starting an NFL game. And yeah. shout out to him for beating the Steelers. Beating the Steelers last night. Yeah. Uh, we talked about – and that, that's very helpful because I that just amazes me. Um, and that's also why I'm not a surgeon and you are. I, so ACL is the one you hear all the time. The other one that you hear a lot now is because of, you know, Kevin Durant and some other big athletes, the ruptured Achilles. Right. So besides uh, the character in one of Raleigh's favorite movies, Troy, can you once again break it down? What is it when you tear an Achilles? Is that, That's the, the ankle, the muscle behind the ankle? Yes. That's, that uh, that's to the leg, essentially? Like, is that that's the dummy that's down? A, that's a tendon. A tendon that attaches a tendon attaches muscle to bone. So <laughs> Kevin. You, tendon. I know. I said Kevin. Like oh. Kevin, you idiot. It was a joke. Not oh. tendon. Right. We got a hearing issue and a yeah. lack of never mind. Anatomy issue, yeah. Well, you know, I was saying that, you know, a lot of these knee injuries we're not fixing, we're managing. Mm-hmm. Achilles, I'd much rather have an Achilles tendon than an ACL tendon. Achilles, ten, Achilles tendons we can repair. Achilles tendons we can heal. And the long-term problems after an Achilles tendon tear is nothing compared to the long-term problems of an ACL tear. That blows my mind because the way they talk about it on ESPN, and they talk about an Achilles like it's a death sentence. Like No, 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 no. It's good to know. Not at all. So Grant Delpit's going to be okay. What's that? 
Grant Delpit, he was our uh, number two draft pick this year. Safety out of LSU, that's where our biggest okay. depth needs are. And he had an Achilles injury, and I was kind of afraid to ask, like, is he ever going to be the same again? But it's the way the media talks about it, and obviously they're they're not surgeons, they're not doctors. Now, now they're Riley and I, if we haven't caught up to that by now. But the way it's, I mean, I remember there was a whole conversation. It's been a topic on ESPN for two years now. It's, man, if Durant can just get back to maybe 80% of his former self because the Achilles, that'll be a, a miracle. And so you're saying that's not the case at all. I didn't. I would much rather have an Achilles than an ACL, I can tell you that. Now, didn't, uh, who was that? Wasn't uh, uh, the Lakers guard, didn't he tear his uh, Achilles and come back and play well? Boogie. Was Boogie uh, Cousin? Well, the fellow that died in the airplane crash, didn't he tear his Achilles? Oh, Kobe. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe, Kobe did tear his Achilles? Um, he did tear his Achilles. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Uh, oh, that Lakers fella. Yeah, My that bad. Lakers guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, just Kobe. Uh, oh, Kobe Bryant. No, no. Achilles, much rather have an Achilles than uh, a ligament injury in the knee. Other than an MCL, MCL in the, I mean, uh, having uh, having uh, uh, Chubb's injury, that's nothing. That's uh, that's a cure. That's no long-term sequelae. That's nothing to worry about, you know. So that's that's a ligament injury, but that's that's not a bad one. Uh, then the ACL is terrible. Then the ACL with Burroughs is worse with all the multiple things. And then, but the Achilles in that spectrum, no, Achilles is. Achilles is fixable. Have you ever, or I shouldn't say have you ever, what injury is a death sentence to a career? I mean, we talk about ACL, we talk about the Achilles and how, you know, some can get through them, some can't. The ACL has, you know, potentially very brutal, almost definitely brutal consequences down the road. You know, have outside, you, of, a spinal, outside of like a spinal injury, you're saying? Outside of like spinal or a concussion, you know, concussion all the time, like Eric Lindros to NHL. Have you ever had to recommend someone ends their professional career because of something with bones, ligaments, or I guess what is the worst situation? That can, you talk, can you talk to Jonna Carter? Well, uh, you know, obviously neck, uh, neck and head, that's, uh, those are serious. We've had the when someone gets multiple concussions. I've had occasions where we've just we've DQ'd them. We're saying no, it's you know you're it's too bad you can't play anymore. You're taking too many risks. You know neck injuries certainly. Uh, although I've never, you know I was I was, you know the worst the only time and I don't want to jinx myself while I'm still working. But the most severe injury that I ever saw. The neck, only neck injury I've been associated with at all the games I've been was when that Adam Telefero uh, for Penn State. Uh, you know the name? You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yep. he, uh, he right. walked a year later, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, about that. Great story. Right? Yeah. But I was, uh, you know, it used to be I could go down to Penn State. It was against Penn State. Well, uh, it was against Ohio State, Adam Telefero. So I was on the Penn State sidelines uh, at the game. It was at Buckeye Stadium. And that injury took place five yards in front of me. I was standing right there. It happened right in front of me. And that's that's the closest I've been in all my years to a serious neck injury. And I hope I never see one when I'm when I'm working. 
But when he went down with that injury and the way he was moving on the ground, I mean, you could tell it was a serious injury from the instant it happened. That's the only one I've ever seen, and it's scary and it's terrible. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's your extreme, uh, that's your extreme uh, injury in regards to football. But are there, are there injuries that happens to knees and, and, uh, and shoulders where you've tried your best and it just doesn't come back and your career is over? Yes. You know, and, and Burroughs would be in that category with the multiple ligament injury, no doubt about it. Uh, in regards to shoulders, you know, they're not that bad. The, the, thing that, you know, the thing that happens in the shoulder, if it's not nerve coming out of the neck, because nerve injuries, which is the spinal injury, I mean, those are, those are you know, oftentimes not fixable. Um, but outside of nerve injuries, you know, a, a shoulder that continues to come out of socket, uh, even after it's been operated on several times, and you got to say, listen, you got you got to call it a career, or a bad knee that you know continues to you know Burroughs knee, or, or somebody like Burroughs that gets that operation and is out a year or two and comes back, and it continues to swell and it continues to dysfunction. You know, try your best, and and uh, sometimes it just doesn't work. But you know, on the other hand, you got like a Brady. You know, Brady injured his ACL what ten years ago now, and he's been playing and still playing, and you can't even tell he had it happen. So, I mean, he's doing great. But as I mentioned to you, with that, you know, when he's 60, the chance of him needing a knee replacement is, uh, is much higher than the average, average guy. Well, I've certainly learned a lot tonight. Very educational. Thank you for your time. Okay, great. And, uh, predictions. We got to do predictions. Predictions. All right, well, I'm, I'm excited. I think here's my prediction. I think the Browns are going to uh, uh, win the division. Spicy hot. We do predictions for the Monday night football game. Yep. All right. So give us your score prediction for the upcoming Browns Ravens, who hopefully when you're hearing this, we found out that the Ravens lost tonight, but doesn't look like it as they're up 24 to 10 against the Cowboys score predictions. Uncle buddy, lead us off. I think the Browns are, uh, or peaking at the right time, and I see us winning uh, 35-21. I would agree. The Ravens are in a bit of a free fall right now. Knock on wood. I'm going to go Browns 31-17. I'm going Browns 53, Ravens 17. <laughs> Every time I've done that, we've we've won. It's more of a superstitious. You mean every time you make an outrageous prediction, you think we win? I'm not saying I think that's what happens. I'm saying I know that's what happens, and that's how it's been happening. Whenever I try to predict legit, we lose. Whenever I go hard, we're undefeated. Well, you know, I, I think I don't think anybody would want to play the Browns right now the way they're playing. No, no chance. I, and I do – I kind of appreciate the – both the Steelers and the Ravens lost at this point. They got their asses kicked and they remember it. We got some payback coming up and we're, I think we're peaking at the right time. I, I never saw, I never saw Baker any better than what he was last week. Uh, and I like the way our defense is coming around. You don't know this until you listen, but you're now the resident dogs of war physician. Um, so reoccurring, you're our, without you knowing you're a recurring guest already. Doctor right. of war. Medical consultants. 
Yeah, is that what I, I, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, no, if I'm a surgeon, you're calling me a surgeon, not a medical consultant. I want to fling that word around as much as I can. But thank you again, Dr. T, for coming on. It is greatly appreciated helping us to understand some things that we hear about every day with regards to injuries but don't understand at all. That does it for Riley and I. We'll see you next week after the Monday night game. The Friday Five will be coming out on Monday because of the schedule. Good night, Cleveland. Keep that.